Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey everybody, welcome to the Golf Strategy School podcast, the podcast designed for the 18 plus handicapper to learn how to break 90, not only on a consistent basis, but to do it through focused practice that will lead you to confident golf, essentially without changing your swing. So today's podcast is brought to you as always by our studio sponsor, Super Speed Golf. And if you missed out on our Super Speed giveaway, it was won by Chris and by Alan. If you didn't enter in time, I'm sorry you should have been listening earlier. But if you didn't win, or if maybe you're coming to the podcast later, that's okay. Super Speed Golf has graciously offered to give a 10% off discount if you use my promo code Golf Strategy. That will get you 10% off their entire store. If you want to learn more about Super Speed Golf, you can go to golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed. I actually did an interview with Mike and Kyle about all the ins and outs of their equipment, how it works, what is the process and the science behind increasing your swing speed to get more distance. This week's episode is a listener Q&A, and it comes from Annette in Canada. Annette was looking for some best practices on how to use a specific club in her bag, specifically a 58-degree wedge. So in this episode, we dive into some of the pros and cons of using a wedge around the green versus using a middle iron for some bump-and-run shots. So let's get into it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. Hey, everybody. Marty here with you for Golf Strategy School. And I want to talk to you about an email that I got uh, just a few days ago from Annette in Canada. And Annette was talking about a new 58-degree Callaway sure-out wedge that she had gotten. Uh, she was saying that she's a very high handicapper, pretty new to golf. She doesn't want to develop any bad habits with the club, but she would like a video on kind of how to use the club. This is not that video on how to use the club, but something that was in her email did kind of bring to light a point that I wanted to make. She said that she really likes using this club when she's very close to the green. And it's been working pretty well for her, but again, doesn't want to develop the bad habits. So one of the things that I kind of cautioned her about, um, I think it was also kind of funny that she mentioned a 58-degree wedge because I myself 
play a 58-degree wedge. Uh, and I was explaining to her that I play a 58-degree instead of a 60-degree because I had a pretty good gap in distance between my sand wedge and when I was playing a 60-degree wedge. So I got my wedge a couple degrees stronger so I could better fill that gap. And it's been working well. So really, the, the main reason why I use my 58-degree wedge is for full swings, and it's usually about in the 70-ish to 80-ish yard range. Now, this is a club that I, <laughs> I use a lot. I mean, if you look at this bad boy, it's, it's got quite the experience on its face. And even when you look at the sole, you can see some nicks and some chips in there. Uh, this is also one of my go-to greenside bunker clubs. So I like it a lot in sand traps around the green. Um, I like it when... The only time I really like to use it chipping is when I have a very small distance to land the ball in. So if the pin is very close to me and I don't have a lot of room to let the ball roll out, that is a circumstance where I would use this club instead of more of a bump and run type shot. Now, for those of you who have signed up for my, uh, my short game lessons, one of the things I talk about is getting the ball on the ground as soon as possible with your short game. And that's because... The quicker the ball's on the ground, the less variables are in the shot. So when we talk about the difference between shooting 105 and shooting 92, or the difference between shooting 95 and the difference between shooting 88, uh, if you listen to our last episode with Josh Boggs, Josh laid it out perfectly. You don't need to make another par. You don't need to make another birdie at all this year to see your scores come down. What you need to do is eliminate the variables, eliminate the others from your scorecard. And the way that you can do that is by taking less risky shots, especially around the green. So what I like to do is I like to get the ball on the ground as soon as possible when I'm chipping around the green because there are less risks involved with those shots. So let's think about it. If we've got a 58-degree wedge, and we can see you know, how steep of a club that is. If we're coming down to chip, it's really easy to dig and chunk our way through that ball. Then the ball maybe doesn't even get to the green. Or if we kind of come through a little too shallow and we skip off, we can blade that ball and send it straight across the other side of the green. And now we've got the same damn shot all over again. So I do like my 58 degree wedge for a few chipping situations, but they are very few and far between. The only time I really like to use this wedge for chipping is when I have to stop the ball quickly. So the ball goes up very high because of all this loft on the club. The ball goes up very high and then comes down very quickly, lands very softly and doesn't roll a lot. Compare that to something like an eight iron. Now with an eight iron, you don't have to put nearly the force behind the ball to move it the same linear distance because you're not fighting gravity as much. With a 58-degree wedge, it has to go. It takes so much energy to get the ball up in the air, and then gravity is bringing it down. So it's got to go up, out, and then down. If you're using an 8-iron, just by taking like a putting stroke with it, you are going to, A, have a lot less risk of a catastrophic failure, but one of those reasons is because, B, you're putting a lot less force behind the ball with this nice smooth putting stroke. So by taking a longer iron, a mid-iron, 7, 8-iron, uh, maybe a 9-iron, 
maybe a six iron, depending on whatever you're comfortable with. By taking a mid iron that is less lofted and taking a putting stroke with it, you have a lot less chance for this catastrophic error. Because if I miss hit an eight iron, let's say I hit my eight iron chunky. Well, if I hit my eight iron chunky, I'm not going to dig in because it's not as steep. So I might hit the chip a little bit fat, but it's going to end up short of the hole, not short of the green. And vice versa. Let's say I come through and I don't catch any ground and I just blade it. Well, again, I'm not putting as much force behind the ball. So what's happening here is I'm putting less energy into it. So it's not going to rocket all the way across the green. Instead, it's going to end up maybe 10, maybe 15 feet beyond the hole. So it's not nearly as catastrophic of a failure compared to the 58 degree wedge with all this loft. You know, if I, if I get thin here, I'm sending this leading edge of the club straight into the middle of the ball and that sucker's gone. With the eight iron, if I get a little bit thin, I send the leading edge into the ball, but you can see it's not nearly as sharp of an edge. It's a lot softer, and I'm still going to get the ball to pick up on the face, so it does actually get a little bit of lift and maybe only run 5 to 10 feet by the hole instead. So, Annette, I do love a 58-degree wedge. I love it because it fills a distance gap between my other wedges and the very short chip shots, but I don't use it a lot around the green. It's mainly in greenside bunkers if I'm chipping or if I have a situation where the ball has to stop very quickly. So I hope that answers your question, Annette. Thank you so much for sending it in. For the rest of you, if you're listening, if you have a question that you think might be good for the show, again, we're looking at people who are focusing on breaking 90 for the first time or maybe trying to consistently get under 100. It's these little decisions that remove the catastrophic events from your scorecard that are going to make that big impactful distance across 18 holes and actually get you shooting under 90. So until next time, I hope everybody gets a chance to put these tips into practice and I will catch you all in the short grass. Cheers. All right, well, in case you couldn't tell, this was actually audio lifted from a video that I did that's on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, I'd appreciate it if you did so. But you can head on over, check out the link that's in the show notes, and you can see the actual demonstration that I'm talking about here, the differences between a 58-degree club, or for most people, a 60-degree club, and a middle iron and how taking that middle iron is a much more conservative decision that will help eliminate these quote-unquote others on your scorecard. Again, you don't have to have another birdie. You don't have to have another par compared to last year. What you need to do is you have to have less sixes, sevens, eights, and nines. And that is what's going to help you break 90. Take care.
All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.